Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew speaks on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, with this message entitled, Fear Not, Jesus is Risen, preached April the 12th, 2009. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. The scripture we read this morning said, Fear not. Jesus is risen. On this Easter Sunday morning, as good Christians, let us hear from the resurrection angel and Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Let us hear from him the gospel. Fear not. He is not here, he is risen. Fear not, go and tell all the world, I am risen, and I have received all authority in heaven and on earth. I was dead, and behold, I am alive for ever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Death has been conquered. The devil is cast down. Rejoice. The Lord is king. Mary Magdalene, from whom Jesus had cast out seven demons. And Mary, the mother of James the Younger, an apostle, came early Sunday morning to the tomb the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, into which the body of Jesus was placed by Joseph himself. He was a rich man, a righteous man, one who was expecting the kingdom of God and the Messiah. He was, we are told, a secret disciple of Jesus who did not consent to his condemnation. We are told that he feared the Jews, though he was a prominent member of the Sanhedrin. He had cut a fresh tomb for himself, for he knew he would die, and he did so for his future burial. He believed, unlike Jewish leaders, that Jesus was the Messiah. The apostles, all of them, abandoned and fled at the hour of his greatest need, though they all, few hours before, along with Peter, confessed to stick with him and die with him. They did not even care for his burial before the Sabbath. The Romans led the dead body of the crucified ones to rot on the cross. Yet it was God's plan to bury his son with the rich, as we read in Isaiah 53 and verse 9. So the Holy Spirit came upon Joseph of Arimathea, the fearful one, and he boldly asked Pilate himself, 
permission to bury the dead body of Jesus. And we are told he was assisted by another secret disciple and council member Nicodemus. Joseph the rich man gave a royal Jewish burial for Jesus with fresh linen and 75 pounds of expensive spices and brand new linen and brand new tomb. So the scripture was fulfilled in spite of the abandonment of Jesus by his own apostles. Friends, all your covenant friends may abandon you with a smile. They may abandon you in your hour of great need. But God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So friends, trust not in man. Trust not in princes. Trust God only. The two Marys of St. Matthew's Gospel did not know that the authorities had taken measures to prevent the body of Jesus to be taken from the tomb. The big stone was sealed with the Roman seal and the tomb was closed shut and the soldiers were to guard the tomb 24-7 till the third day. The two Marys came not to see the risen Jesus but to show their loyal love by anointing the dead body to prevent it from rapid decomposition. The apostles did not even do that. The women completely forgot the words of Jesus which he spoke several times that after death he would be raised on the third day. Had they believed, they need not have to grieve hopelessly for three days. These women truly loved Jesus. They were serving Jesus and his disciples out of their own means, we are told in Luke 8 and verse 2. They traveled with Jesus from Galilee to Jerusalem for the celebration of Passover. These women were there when Jesus was crucified. They were there on Friday at 5 p.m. when he was buried. Now they have come Sunday early morning to show more of their love to Jesus by anointing his dead body. But now they look up and see that the big stone is not there. The tomb is wide open. What had happened? There was a great violent earthquake on very early Sunday morning. Like there was also an earthquake on Friday afternoon when Jesus was crucified. Through these earthquakes, God says, listen to me. Earth, listen to me. 
I am acting and I am in charge. For an angel came down from heaven, sent by God the Father. He went to the tomb of Jesus, took the big seal stone out of its groove and threw it out. And he sat on it. It reminds us of what Samson did. One day Samson went to Gaza. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him. All night at the city gate, they made no move during the night, saying, at dawn we'll kill him. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the city gate together with the two poles and tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. On Friday at 3 p.m., when Jesus died, there was a great celebration in hell. The devil and demons rejoiced. They said, rejoice, Jesus Christ is crucified, dead and buried. He is finished. So the Jewish leaders and Gentile leaders rejoiced. The tomb is sealed and guarded. And they knew we have a law that if anyone break the seal of the tomb, he must be killed. It's a federal crime. But heaven does not care. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord mocks at all his enemies. The Lord's angel was sent to break the seal and open the tomb. Not to let Jesus out, but to let women come in to see the evidence of his resurrection. The empty tomb and the grave clothes that were left behind by Jesus. The guards felt the earthquake and saw the lightning appearance of the angel and they shook with fear and fell to the ground paralyzed and unconscious. Friends, God mocks at his enemies. Who can prevent Jesus from rising from the dead? The women too were seized with fear. They were alarmed. To them the angel said, Fear not you women friends of Jesus. Stop fearing. The gods and the unbelievers are to fear, but not you. All unbelievers live every day in fear. When they do not fear God, they fear everything. They must fear everything. Every moment of their life, they will fear. But friends, we have been delivered from fear. Don't you fear because you fear God. 
The unbelievers fear the wrath of God because of their sin. Unbelievers are without God and without hope. They do not live. They are dead men walking. They may be rich and famous. They may be governors and princes and kings and kings, but they live in fear moment by moment. But Christians, stop fearing this morning. Be not anxious. Do not worry. Stop weeping and mourning right now. Angel says, I have good news for you. You came to anoint the dead body of Jesus. You came to see the dead Jesus. But surprise, behold, he is not here. He has been raised by the glory of the Father who sent me to take off the stone and speak to you. Fear not. It is interesting to note that the angel never spoke to the apostles, only to women. In the first century, friends, women were despised. Their testimony is invalid. They were mere chattels and property. Even today, vast numbers of women throughout the world are treated as chattels and properties. It is Jesus Christ who gives dignity to women and men. We talk about multiculturalism. I'm not for it. I'm for the Western civilization that came about because of scripture that gives dignity to man, to every human being. And so, God bless these women, the angels. They saw the angel, they heard angels speak. God blessed them for their loyal devotion to Jesus. And so they saw the angel and they heard with their ears the good news. Jesus Christ is risen. And they became the first witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The angels said, come in and see for yourself. He is not here. He is risen. That is, open your eyes to the evidence. Understand the truth. Not only Jesus died and buried. Who wants a Jesus who is dead and buried and nothing else? He's a fraud. He's a liar. He cannot save you. Neither can he save himself. We need a Jesus who died, was buried, and raised from the dead. He's Lord of all. Mighty to save, friends. He is risen just as he said. In other words, remember what he spoke to you before. Five times in the book of Matthew, we read what Jesus 
foretold that he will be killed and on the third day will be raised up and I will go before you to Galilee there I will see you the angel also said we read elsewhere why do you seek the living among the dead it was a mild rebuke you should have believed Jesus are there people here who still don't believe Jesus Christ and I plead with you believe him he is the truth he cannot lie you should have believed Jesus he is the truth he cannot lie come and see I say to you Christians come and see read the scriptures and understand the gospel and the earliest testimony about his resurrection we find in 1 Corinthians 15 for what I received I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time most of whom are still living though some have fallen asleep then he appeared to James then to all the apostles and last of all he appeared to me as to one abnormally born. Come and see. Come and see. Open the Bible and see. Come to church and listen to what God is speaking. He, Jesus, was crucified. He was buried. But God raised him on the third day from the dead because it was impossible for death to keep him in the grave because he was without sin for Jesus was the sinless son of God who by his death made atonement for all the sins of all his people resurrection was God's amen to the loud cry of Jesus tetelestai it is finished what is finished the work of atonement is finished no more sacrifices no more separation of sinners from God the veil has been torn away God now welcomes sinners in peace come and see that you may quickly go and tell come and see go and tell tell his disciples that they may tell the world this gospel they came in they saw they heard Jesus has been raised they believed they went out in fact we are told they ran can you see these women early in the morning running because the motivation was the gospel Christ has been raised they ran with fear yet with great joy their weeping is over their gloom is over no more crying Easter friends spells joy 
great joy, irrepressible and glorious joy. But wait, there is yet more surprise. If Jesus is not here, question is, where is he? If he is risen as he said, where is he? Can we see him? Can we hear him? Can we touch him? Can we worship him? That would be the greatest evidence. And the answer is, yes, you can. As they went out, Jesus himself came to meet him. This is the first time and only time Jesus comes to meet someone. The women came seeking a dead Jesus. And Jesus, the risen one, comes to meet the women. What a surprise. What great joy. Jesus is risen indeed. He lives. We have seen him. We have touched him. We worshipped him. We heard him speak to us. Greetings. In the Greek, kairete, it means rejoice. <laughs> Time of weeping is over. They took hold of his feet, they cruci- the crucified feet, with the nail scars. They worshipped him. And we read in chapter 2 of Matthew, the Magi worshipping the infant Jesus. After Jesus had calmed the storm and saved Peter from drowning, the apostles worshipped him saying, truly you are the son of God. The one born blind when he was healed by Jesus, he worshipped him. Soon the disciples would worship him in 28 and verse 17 of Matthew. The doubting Thomas too would worship him, confessing, my Lord and my God. So the women worshipped him. Why? Jesus Christ is God. Friends, Jesus Christ is God. He himself said so. I and my father are one. They did not worship the angel. An angel is a creature like us. An angel is sent to minister to us. We worship God. Jesus is God. In him dwells the fullness of Godhead bodily. So friends, worship him. Believe him. Trust him. Listen to him. The angel told the women not to fear. That was comforting. Now the risen Jesus tells them, stop fearing. Don't fear at all. Fear is due to sin. But Christ's death atoned our sins. All of our sins. He was the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. He took away our sins forever, sir. Fear is the fear of death. The wages of sin is death. But our sins are gone forever. So the writer to the Hebrews tells us about Jesus Christ becoming man. That he may die to deliver us from the fear of death. 
So we read, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, incarnation. So that by his death, he might destroy him, the devil, who holds the power of death. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ, you are a slave of the devil, a slave of fear. The power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed, sir. So stop fearing Christians. Jesus Christ took away our sins by his death of atonement. Jesus Christ defeated the devil. Jesus Christ conquered death by his death. He lives and he lives forever. So we live and we live forever. Joy of the Lord is our strength. Know the gospel. Come and see. Open the Bible and read. Listen to the preacher and know. The gospel is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now Jesus says, go and tell my brothers. Angels said, go and tell his disciples. But Jesus says, go and tell my brothers. Yes, they are my disciples, but they are also my brothers. Yes, we are disciples, we are friends, but we are also brothers. We belong to the same family. So Jesus said in Matthew 12, For whoever does the will of my father is my brother and sister and my mother. And St. Paul tells us, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose for those God foreknew. He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Go and tell my brothers. Those brothers who fled. Brothers who abandoned me. Brothers who denied me. Brothers who did not come to the tomb to show their devotion. Brothers who are hiding out for fear. But they are my brothers. I forgive them. I died for their sins. They are my brothers. Hallelujah. They may not believe your report that I am risen. But soon they will believe. I myself will appear to them and speak to them. Then they shall believe and I will send them to the world to preach the gospel. I will send upon them the Holy Spirit who will guide them into all truth and make them fearless. They shall even die for the faith. Fear not. Go and tell my brothers. I'm going to Galilee and they shall see me there. Jesus promised that in Matthew 26 and verse 32. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee, that dark place. It is speaking about God's purpose of bringing the gospel to the nations, to the dark world. He promised he will rise again after his death. So... He is risen. Friends, Jesus keeps all his promises. 
Jesus promised to see his disciples in Galilee of the Gentiles and he did so. Don't believe man who breathes and dies. God is not man that he should lie. Man breaks covenant. God keeps it, sir. So friends, believe Jesus Christ. He will take away your fear of death eternal. If you do not believe him, you do not honor him as God, a sinless man, a savior of mankind, the way, the truth, and the life. If Jesus is no risen friend, we have no hope. No New Testament, no Christianity, no foreign missions, no hospitals, no universities, no churches. Then death will have the last word. The truth is Jesus Christ has been raised on the third day according to the scriptures. You ask for evidence? Well, we can give you some. That doesn't help you much unless God opens your eyes. By regeneration. See the evidence of Christ's bodily resurrection in the word. Open it up and you see the empty tomb. Come and see where he was lying. He's not here, he's risen. Number two, the tomb is not completely empty. His grave clothes laden with 75 pounds of expensive spices lie there separate from his face cloth. John saw this and believed. It means nobody stole the body. The resurrection body of Jesus with peculiar new properties passed through the spice laden linen and headband. The same way the body went through the closed tomb and later through the closed door of the upper room where the apostles were hiding because of fear. Number three, disciples did not steal the body. The tomb was sealed and guarded by soldiers 24-7. The disciples were not expecting Jesus to rise from the dead. They all fled and were hiding in fear. They were mourning and weeping, we are told in Mark 16, verse 10. And they refused to believe. The news of his resurrection when told by the women. Number four, they believed only when Jesus appeared to them. They saw him. They heard him. They touched him. They ate with him. They drank with him. Jesus said he was no ghost, for ghosts have no flesh and bones. As you see, I have the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. They saw nail prints on his hands and feet. They could see his side, which was wounded and healed. The doubt of doubting Thomas vanished. He confessed, my Lord and my God. How can a rotting Jesus be anyone's Lord and God? Number five, not only to believers, he also appeared to unbelievers. Two of them are named. James, his own brother, did not believe. Did not believe in him. 
Jesus' brothers said to him, You ought to leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. We are not your disciples. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret since you are doing these things. Show yourself to the world for even his own brothers did not believe in him. James believed because Jesus was risen and appeared to him. James became the pastor of Jerusalem church and was killed for his faith. But let me give you another, an enemy of Jesus Christ and Christianity, Saul of Tarsus. He says, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem on the authority of the chief priests. I put many of the saints in prison and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished and I tried to force them to blaspheme. In my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests about noon. O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Then I asked, who are you? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Or listen to this, what he says in First Timothy. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me faithful, appoint me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying, oh, must accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. He was an enemy, a brilliant enemy, a student of Gamaliel. He was not stupid, emotional, irrational. He believed. Number six, look at the martyrs of the church. Apostles died for their faith. Who would die for a proven lie? Number seven, the Jewish authorities knew Jesus was risen, yet they refused to believe. Well, they could have stopped Christianity by producing the dead body of Jesus. They did not, they could not because he's risen. Number 8, we read in Acts 10 and verse 40. God raised him on the third day and caused him to be seen. The resurrection appearance is God's Father's proof that he is risen. Number 9, not just one appearance or two, many appearances for 40 days. At least 11 of them are recorded in the New Testament. Number 10, transformed lives of people. Look at Peter and look at Saul of Tarsus. What more can we say? The gospel transforms you. If it doesn't transform you, you are no Christian. 
Number 11, world mission, including this church. I heard God call me to preach the gospel to the other side of the world. And I came to the uttermost part of the earth to preach the gospel. And you came. Thomas believed when he saw Jesus and touched his hands and feet and side. But Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Friends, not without evidence, but the evidence of the apostolic witness revealed in the scriptures. Jesus Christ is not asking us to believe irrationally. But let me tell you, friends, you may be smart, you may be a great professor, or not a professor, but let me guarantee you, Jesus is not going to favor you with a private resurrection appearance. We are to hear the eyewitness report and believe. So John the Apostle tells us, but these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have a life in his name. So St. Peter tells us in First Peter, though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. But how did they believe without seeing the apostolic witness? So we read First Peter 1, it says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Christians, friends, fear not. Come and see, go and tell. Come into the Bible, come into his church, open your eyes and ears, see the irrefutable evidence of Christ's resurrection, then go and tell. God does not use angels. God uses people like us to proclaim the gospel. Christ died for our sins. He's raised for our justification. Celebration of hell is over at the point of his resurrection. Death and devil are defeated, all enemies of God defeated. There is joy in heaven. Sinners are being saved to sing God's praises. Friends, resurrection proves Jesus is God, Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Savior, the only Savior. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is resurrection and life. Jesus is sinless. Jesus is our atonement. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the ages. Resurrection of Jesus means we too shall be raised from the dead. And let me read this to you, friends. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? 
the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God let's say it together thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ <laughs> sting is gone because sin is gone hallelujah and so we sleep in Jesus sir Jesus Christ has transformed death it is not a loss it is gain it is not far worse it is far better it is not absence from god it is presence with god believe on the lord jesus and you will be saved fear not friends believe believe in the facts Rejoice, ye saints, Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And soon you too shall see him face to face. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to believe on your son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins and was raised for our justification. Amen.